Hey everybody, welcome to Parkview. We're so glad that you're here, so glad that you joined us. This is an amazing series that we're a part of, a series called Hashtag Wisdom. I want to welcome everybody who's at our Homer Glen campus, uh, wherever you might be joining us, if you're joining us on the internet, so glad that you're with us, wherever you might be. And if you're interacting with this series, we would love for you to use a hashtag in any social media stuff you do. So if you're going to post something about things you're learning during this series, just use that hashtag, Hashtag Wisdom, but make sure you attach Hashtag Parkview as well, so that we know that it's it's wisdom for us and not just wisdom for somebody else. In 1845, there was a voyage planned by the British expedition. And in this expedition, Captain Colonel Sir John Franklin was leading a group through the icy waters, through a passage all the way around the Pacific Ocean. The interesting thing about this voyage is that nobody came back alive. None of the crew, which was over 138 men and two ships, ever returned. The interesting thing they found was when they recovered the wreckage, the captain had actually brought a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't expect to find on a ship. He packed a 1,200-volume library, a hand organ, china place settings for officers and men, cut glass wine goblets, and sterling silver flatware beautifully and intricately designed. Years later, they found all that stuff, and it was frozen in a lump beside a bunch of dead bodies from the ship. It was an amazing thing. They, they went with all of that stuff on this expedition, and as a matter of fact, the guys on the boat didn't even pack warm enough clothes for an Arctic expedition. One of the sailors was found frozen to death in his beautiful gold-trimmed uniform. It's a very interesting idea. Jesus taught this little piece of wisdom, and I want to share that with you. He said, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The problem with this ship is that the captain and his crew forgot the wisest thing. They got so caught up in the details that they forgot about the thing that matters most. They got so caught up in the details they forgot about their souls. What we're talking about today is the combination of wisdom and our soul and what those two things have to do with each other. And I'm trying to make sense of that for you. And so one of the ways I want to do that is is to try to talk about what our soul is. So when I was thinking about that, the best way I could imagine to think about it was uh, this. If you don't know what this is, I'm going to show you. This is a burrito. Now, when you go into a place to order a burrito, you don't go in and say, hey, I would like chicken, and I would like this, and I would like this, and I would like this. You start with, I want a burrito, and this is what I want in it. You don't start with the ingredients. The problem with the captain is, when he was looking at this whole trip, he started with all the details. It was like he went in to order a burrito, and he started, and he said, I want hot sauce. That comes much later. you got to get the basic stuff down before you can really start getting into the details. Now, the ingredients are good, but they're not the whole thing. Now, for us, one of the challenges with us in our lives is that if we thought of our life as a burrito, sometimes, sometimes we live our whole life basing all of our decisions and all of our hopes and dreams on just the hot sauce. And we really forget about this bigger picture. We live one-ingredient lives when God really wants us to have the whole burrito. So this burrito is really a metaphor for your soul. Mm. And your soul is tasty. And apparently it's also chicken. But anyway, that's where the metaphor really breaks down, only goes so far. Your soul is something that you've been given. And then I'm now eating. 
And you've been entrusted with it. So it's your family, it's your relationships, it's your job, it's your personality, it's your gifts and your abilities. God has given you all those things to take care of. And so our souls are healthy when we put the right ingredients in the burrito. So when all those things come together, like right now I'm tasting like beans, mm, yep, rice, it's good there's some cilantro in there. And none of these things have gone bad. They're all good, tasty, healthy ingredients. So for our souls to be healthy, we've got to bring in some healthy ingredients. And in order to do that, we've got to tap into something that we don't necessarily have all the time, which is wisdom. Listen to what Proverbs says. It says, eat honey, my son, for it is good, which none of us would really argue with. Honey from the comb is sweet to the taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. That word there in the passage for you is also the word that's used for the human soul. So what this is saying is that when we begin to bring wisdom into our lives, it makes our burrito, it makes our soul healthy, it makes it tasty, it makes it good. So if we want good things to come out of our life, the one thing that we need is to begin to line our life up with God's wisdom. I took too big of a bite. This thing is still in there. Your soul is taking me a long time to chew it up. Now listen, this does not mean that life will be perfect. You need to know that on the onset. All these Proverbs that we're, we've been reading in this series and will read in this series, they're not promises. They don't mean 100% of the time, but they are things that will bring our life into a much, much healthier place. And they're important for us because there's one other thing that occurs to us occasionally. So we've got this soul, right? And the soul, this burrito is outstanding, by the way. This soul is a good thing. But then along on the side comes my good friend chocolate pudding. I like chocolate pudding a lot. Now, not necessarily the snack pack one like this one. Uh, for me, I like the kind you make on the stove. It gets the skin on the top. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Uh, that's the best kind. But this kind is good too. And so we look at this and we go, well, burritos are good unless you don't like them. And then imagine your own food. And pudding is good unless you have the lactose thing, and if so, then figure out another food or, or take the dairy out. We look at these two things, we say, these are really good. I bet they'd be really good together. And so what happens is we've got this healthy soul going on, and then we go over here, and we find this, and we think, well, this should be great. Let's just put a little bit of this in here. Oh, Oh, good heavens. That is not good. What happens to us in our souls is that we bring these things that look like they're good, and we bring them into our life. And we expect everything to be really good when we do that. And what happens is the combination is actually destructive. The combination is actually really, really bad, and that's definitely why we need wisdom. We need to know that there are good things going into the burrito that is our souls. So, what do we do? How do we work this out? One of the wisest things we can learn to do is this. We need to learn to feed our soul. You need to learn to feed your soul, to put the kind of things in your soul that are wise and healthy and beautiful that will make it tasty. And this is an everyday kind of thing because you've got to eat to live, right? So you have to eat to live every day. And this is an everyday kind of thing. So it deals with not like something up in the sky, but it deals with very practical things that you and I deal with every day. It deals with very simple parts of our lives. And there are actually three parts of our burrito, our soul, 
that we really need to concentrate on feeding if we want to live by the kind of wisdom that God brings us. The first of the, is this. We need to worry about feeding our head. Scientists have proven no one has found a way to live without a head. And the reason why is where our, our head is is where our brain is. And our brain is the way that we, that we take in the world. We process what's going on around us. The way that we think is incredibly important. Now, I know this because many of you, ever since I began this talk, have not been able to stop thinking about this burrito, right? And if you let that go on long enough, you'll chase that path and you'll figure out a way to get yourself one. You may already have plans. As a matter of fact, you may not have heard anything else that I've said since I unwrapped that thing and started chewing into it. Or you may be thinking, I can't believe he's talking with his mouthful. Gosh, it's awful. Whatever it means, our brains are incredibly powerful and they really drive what we do. And we think our brains can do things that they can't. Like we talk a lot about multitasking. We say, oh yeah, I can, I can do two things at once. There's no human being that do, can do two things at once. What we do is we just switch between them really, really fast. Nobody can check Facebook and send an email at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. You're either doing one or the other. So to keep our brains healthy, they obviously need to be focused. Because our brains are where the marching orders for our soul comes from. Our brains are the things that help keep our souls healthy. Listen to what Proverbs says about it. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Our thoughts are the things that drive us, that plan out our days, that give us our priorities. The way we think about the world, the way that we see the world, the way we process it in our brain is how we handle everything that we do every day. Sometimes we know where those thoughts are coming from. Sometimes we don't. But whatever happens, whatever this burrito ends up looking like, whatever the burrito of our life ends up looking like, all begins with our thoughts and our brains. I remember when I first moved up here, and uh, I-80 was under construction if you were heading west. They were doing the lane expansion thing. And so for a lot of us coming east to west, we just avoided I-80 uh, altogether because it was just too much of a problem. And so even after the construction was done, I found myself having a really hard time, like, forcing my car to get on it. And, and sometimes that's still a good idea. But for the most part, the reason I had for not taking that road had gone away. But somewhere deep in my brain, it was locked in. Avoid I-80. Avoid I-80. And so I had to change my brain. And for some of us, we're in a spot where our burrito is unhealthy because of what we're thinking. And so something has to change. As a matter of fact, Paul says this in Romans. He talks about what has to happen. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Sometimes we're not living wisely because our thoughts are on unwise things. And so if we're going to have a healthier burrito, a lot of it's going to start with us rethinking and learning to think differently about what's going on in the world. And this does not mean you have to be a genius. Please understand. You don't have to be intellectually strong. What it means is that our brains have got to start leaning more towards God's wisdom than towards our own. Because Proverbs identifies a problem with us leaning just on our own wisdom all the time. And here's what it says. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. How much harm and pain, how many bad decisions, how many struggles have we ended up in because we hear ourselves say, and we look back on it, and this is what we say about it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Our wisdom doesn't always lead to life. It doesn't always lead to a healthy burrito. Sometimes it's just about pouring pudding where it doesn't belong. And so we get our thoughts around good things. I still have your soul right there, chewing on it. 
So if we're going to have a healthy soul and if we're going to have a healthy way of thinking, there's something that we need to practice, we need to get involved in. And I call that to marinate, to marinate. Every spice, every piece of meat that you get in a really well-made burrito is going to have been sitting in some kind of juice for a while with herbs and spices, and it's going to sit there and it's going to soak in it. As it soaks in those healthy, tasty things, it's going to get healthier, it's going to get tastier along the way. It becomes and it takes on the flavor of those things. So for us, if we're looking for wisdom, is we've got to begin to soak in something other than just our own thoughts. And that's why the Bible is so incredibly important for us. Because what it allows us to do is let our brains soak in the wisdom of God. So when we practice this sitting with the Bible, reading the Bible, not not just for information, but we actually start listening to what it says and thinking, what is the wisdom that belongs in my life from this part of the Bible right now? We begin to hear things differently. We begin to think differently about the world. Proverbs says this, it says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. The reality is any transformation we wanna make in our lives begins with listening to different thinking than what we've been listening to. If we want a healthy burrito, it starts with us having some healthy thoughts and letting our brains marinate in something different than what they've been marinating up to this point. And that's where all change begins, and that's why the Bible's so important. Now, this isn't just about thinking positive. This is about learning to think about the world the way that God does. One of the ways we can do that is by learning to memorize Scripture. And I know that sounds like a big task, and you're like, memorize Scripture? I don't want to do that. And, And honestly, I understand. It's not a law that you have to. You're not going to get into heaven any faster But the reality is, is that we memorize stuff that actually matters to us. Social security numbers, driver's licenses, you know, guys, listen, birthdays, anniversaries, that's critical for a healthy burrito. You need to remember those things. We remember the things that matter to us. And so if our brains, our way of seeing the world is going to change, it's going to start with us learning to think different things and having Bible passages memorized and having them to where we can grab them when we need them is an incredibly powerful thing. So find a verse or two. As we've been going through Proverbs, maybe there's a proverb that sticks out to you. Grab one or two of those. Make it the lock screen on your phone. So every time you hit that button, you see that verse. Or take a three-by-five card, old school, and take a pen. You remember those. And they write down the verse and then flip it over and flip it back and see how much of that that you can remember. That's a great way that God begins to change our brains. The The realization is... This is much more important now than it has ever been because we have access to so much information. It's so much easier to get unhealthy stuff in our brains. There's a blogger who was talking about her daughter. She has a six-year-old daughter, and she left her alone with the computer watching uh, My Little Pony videos on YouTube. And when she came back in the room, she realized... I don't hear My Little Pony, I actually hear something else. And when she came around, she saw she had actually landed on some very inappropriate adult content. And how she did that was by clicking on the right-hand side. The reality is our burritos get unhealthy because we've got such easy access to stuff that gets in our brains and marinates us in something that's unhealthy and unwise. So we need to begin to let God teach us in our brains. But that's not where it stops. Because it's not just about what goes into our head because then something else needs to happen. Then we talk about going into the heart. Now, the heart is where our motivations come from. It's not, a, it's not something your heart doesn't think. It doesn't have thoughts. It's where your motivations come from. It's the things that drive you, the things that make you go. The Psalms say this. They say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. 
What the psalmist is saying is that together, our heart and our thoughts are the center of how we deal with the world. What we think then shapes how we're motivated. Now, our thoughts don't change our lives. We all know, everybody in this room, everybody in the room you're in, knows that the best way to be healthy is to eat less and move more. But that doesn't get us up in the morning for a jog or a walk or a ride on the bike. That doesn't make us turn down the donuts. That doesn't make us drive by Burger King and have a salad instead. That doesn't shape any of those things. I guess the burrito is kind of the middle ground there. That doesn't shape any of those things. Until it goes from what I know to what I feel driven to do, it doesn't change anything about our lives. Our resolutions, our New Year's resolutions, are actually born in our brains. They just die in our hearts. Our motivation isn't there, and so we never follow through on them. So wisdom isn't just a matter of knowing. Our burrito isn't healthy by having more information. It's about taking what we know and letting it matter to us letting it make a difference to who we are and where we live. For example, most of us have heard the stat that most of the world lives on less than $2 a day. We know that as a fact. But has that changed our hearts at all? Has that made us feel differently or be motivated differently about the situation of poverty in the world? It's not worth anything until it goes from our brain to our heart. Henry Nouwen is a great spiritual writer, and he talks about letting the brain or the mind descend into the heart. There's a point at which what we think has to change what we care about. Most of the struggles we find in our lives are because our knowledge hasn't changed our motivations. It hasn't changed. Our head has not changed our heart at all. But when it does, amazing things happen. Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What the Proverbs writer is saying here is that these aren't just good thoughts. Love and faithfulness aren't just great ideas. They're things that if you let them get down into your motivations, into your drives, into the way that you think about your day and the way that you think about other people, all kinds of things are going to change. Your priorities are going to change. The way that you deal with the world is going to change. The way that you see other people is going to change. They become like the antivirus system on a Mac. Now, PC, I don't know about you guys. I don't know why you do that. But a Mac, there's this operating system that runs, and in the background, they're fighting viruses, and you never know it. When we let things go from our brain to our heart, suddenly we start acting in ways that we never really even think about. They just become automatic because they're part of our drive and our desires. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is this one from John 3. For God so loved the world. Now, we, you may have heard that verse before and you may think about that, but just understand this. Love for God in God's eyes is not just an emotion. It's not just something that he thinks about. He doesn't just look down and go, oh, I, I think I'm going to love those people. It is something that drives him. It is a passion. God is passionately in love with us. That's hard for us to accept sometimes, but once that moves from an idea down into our motivations, we suddenly start acting as if that's true. That was God's desire all along. It's not just about a nice thought. It's about if you want a healthy burrito, it starts with taking what you think and letting it descend. This wisdom from God, go into your heart and change how you're motivated. And the reality is this, and I want to throw this idea to you. Our soul is motivated by whatever we keep our mind focused on. Whatever you think about will motivate your life. Everything that happens, everything you do, everything you prioritize or deprioritize, every mess you get into or not is usually built on something that you and I are thinking. So taking care of our souls, having a healthy burrito, which this is still very healthy and it's very tempting sitting here, 
Having a healthy burrito means that we begin to let what matters to God, the wisdom of God, descend from what we know into how we live and to what we do. So how do we do that? Well, we marinate and then we begin to prepare. We begin to prepare. We begin to get ready for what's going to happen in our life. It might be in a day's time. It might be in a week's time, in a month's time. And one of the best ways for us to prepare is through prayer. And I didn't know that that was going to rhyme, so that's awesome. I love, I love that that came together. Prayer is just talking to God. It's about expressing what we've been thinking and listening for what God has been thinking as well. And it's preparing ourselves for what's about to happen in that day. Every burrito is prepared. Somebody makes it. Somebody puts all the pieces together. And so in prayer, we're really putting together the whole picture of what our soul is for that day. God, this is what matters to me today. These are the things I'm wrestling with. These are the things I need. What about you? What do you think? So I want to challenge you, if you're on your way to work and you're in the car or you're on the train, it's just a good opportunity to say, God, here's what's going to happen today. I know you're big enough to handle it. This is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Help me to think and to feel the way you feel about my day that's coming up. And you don't have to end it with amen or anything formal. You can say, okay, that's it, or hey, let's go, or if you're into football, you know, break. Whatever you need to say, it's not about that. It's about the conversation. It's about bringing your soul and your heart to God and saying, this is what's going on in my life. I want to challenge you this week to try and practice prayer for 10 minutes a day. Just 10 minutes. It's, if it's on your ride to work, if it's at night when you're getting ready to go to bed, practice bringing some of those things, saying, God, you're awesome. Here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And let that prepare your heart for everything that's about to happen. Now, this is the best way to care for our soul, is dealing with what we think and also dealing with what we care about. But that can't be it, because there's one more very important piece to this beautiful, beautiful burrito. I'll come back. And that is this. It's our hands. What we think, what we feel, and then our hands, how we act. Our lives are built to be tasty burritos, but not just for us. God always intended that you and I would be tasty, in a way of speaking, for the world. That we would show people a life that is beautiful and good and rich and deep and blessed, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of sorrow. And one of the things God wants to see happen is for his wisdom to begin to change not only what we think and what we feel, but how we act. Because that's the gift that we give to other people. What we think about changes what we care about, changes how we act. And that starts to come out of us. The psalmist says this. He said, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Our words come out of the center of who we are. And so our words come from what we care about. And we get what we care about from the way that we think. You're starting to see how this fits together, right? We start thinking things that change our motivations and then we just speak. That's where all of our stuff is coming from. That's why if we say, oh, I don't know why that, where that came from or how it came out, we do, we just have never thought about it. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Now you can take wise there and turn around, you can take good there and turn around to be wise if you want, that's fine. But what Jesus is saying is the things that you think about will change the things that you care about and that will create some kind of action. I tend to get in my head sometimes as a person, especially when I'm cutting the grass. 
And so there was one day I was out back cutting the grass and I was having this, you know, really difficult conflict conversation in my head. And so I'm pushing the mower and I'm stomping along and I'm getting angry. I can like feel it physically, feel it inside. And I keep thinking I'm right and that person's wrong or, or I'm, this is what I'm going to say to them when I get into con. This is, and, I'm, and I finally get done with mowing the grass and I walk into the house and my daughter asked me a question. and I just snapped on her. And I thought, where did that come from? Where it came from is that I'd been irritated in my thoughts and then let that change my motivations and then I acted on it to someone who had no idea what was going on. So she just sort of gave me this stunned look and walked away. Here's the reality. The reason this is so important is that all the wisdom that God is working through us, all of our actions have a target. Everything that we do with our thoughts turn to what we care about, turn into action. Everything that fits in that category affects someone else. To say, oh, it's just about me, I'm not hurting anybody else. Everything we do has an audience. Everything we do has a target. If the goal of our life is to get more cash, and we think that's the goal of life, and we're motivated to just get more cash, and that's all we really want, then we're going to act in ways that help us achieve the goal of getting more cash. But the reality is, in doing that, someone's going to be affected. Whether it's our family from the late hours that we're working, whether it's people we take advantage of because our minds have decided and our hearts are driven, and so our actions just follow. I love talking to newlyweds and premarital couples. So if you're getting ready to get married, here's some, here's some free premarital counseling for you. I always say there are three things that destroy a marriage, money, sex, and family. Not necessarily in that order and hopefully not all at the same time, but those are the three things that really get to the heart of the problems in a marriage because they deal with the head, they deal with the heart, and they deal with the actions. They deal with the way we think. The way we think about money changes the way we act towards money and feel about money, and that has an impact on our marriage. The way we think about family, what we value about our families, whether it's our, our parents or our cousins or whatever, changes how we act, and that has an impact on the other person in our life. The way we think about sex is the same way. We've got to get to the root of how we work, and what keeps this burrito healthy is also going to keep the burrito that is our marriage healthy as well because we're interjecting these actions. What changes our heart changes what we care about and changes how we act, and our relationships will follow suit. And so one of the best ways that we can shape our head, shape our heart, and shape our hands is through the act of serving. So we marinate the meat, we prepare it, and then we serve it. And serving other people requires a change in our brain because we have to think of other people first. It requires a change in our heart because we've got to make priorities that I'm going to do this instead of something for me. And then it requires that we act. We act in healthy ways on behalf of other people. This is what Jesus came to do. In Mark it says, For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did he do that? Because it's the best way to a healthy soul. Jesus' burrito was incredibly healthy because he said, he thought and knew God has the love and value for other people. And he let that descend into what motivated him, even to the point of dying. And then he acted on it. And people saw his life, and they were overwhelmed by the health of Jesus' burrito, the health of Jesus' soul. So if we want to have healthy souls, 
and we want to have our actions be healthy in the way they impact other people, one of the best things we can do is learn how to think of them first. If you're in a married couple situation, your husband or a wife, what changes in your brain when you say, I'm not the center of the universe? Now, don't nudge each other because I, I can see you. I can see you on the internet doing that too. When you say, I believe I'm not the center of the universe, and you have this deep value for that other person in your heart, it will change the way you act toward them. So our brains influence our hearts that influence our actions. And that's why serving is so important because the opposite of this is this. In Proverbs, it says, the soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no mercy in his eyes. Here we see it all tied together. This desire for evil comes from thinking about it, from a thought that comes into the person's head and they want this evil. And the result of that action is that the, the neighbor never finds mercy in their eyes. It's all tied together. So for us to have a healthy soul, we need to marinate our brains in the good stuff. We need to prepare through this conversation that is prayer, and we need to get our actions right through serving other people. That's the way that we have a healthy soul. Now, if you're interested in serving today at whatever campus you're at, there are people who would love to help you get involved with that. Find someone with a name tag or a lanyard who is walking around either in the foyer where you are or in the back of the worship center where you are and just ask them, how can I get involved in serving? Because I want to begin to train my actions to be what Jesus would want them to be. Because the reality is this, and this is a very simple statement I want to leave you with. The difference between a healthy soul and an unhealthy soul is how wisely we care for it. The difference between a healthy soul and an unhealthy soul is how wisely we care for it. Whatever we put in this burrito is going to determine how healthy our soul is. And if we're putting the wisdom of God in there, it's going to change what we think, which changes what we feel, which changes what we do. Parker Palmer is a writer who tells a story about blizzards. And back in the Midwest when uh, farmers way back in the day were going through times when they had to go out into their fields when great blizzards would come up, they would typically tie a rope to them somewhere and tie the other end of the rope to their house. And the reason being is that out on the plain, sometimes the snow blindness could be so great that farmers would die five feet from their house because they just couldn't see it. And so Palmer says this about that. He says, what we need is a rope from the back door to the barn so we can find our way home again. When we catch sight of the soul, we can survive the blizzard without losing our hope on the way. Wisdom is what God has given us as that rope to lead us back home. And so I know some of you are thinking, man, I'm taking a look at my burrito right now and it's disgusting. I mean, it's rotted. It's unhealthy. There's pudding in there. There's, there's stuff in there that doesn't, but there's stuff in there that's not even food because of the decisions I've made, because of my thoughts that have changed my motivations, that have changed my actions. The greatest and wisest thing ever, Jesus ever did is what we find in Romans chapter five. And it says that while we were still sinners, God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What Jesus knew and was wise enough to understand is we are not capable on our own of making our burrito healthy again. And so he came so that you and I, if we're looking at our soul and our life and saying, this is so completely unhealthy, he came to put us back on the right path. He came to lay out a fresh tortilla and say, let's put some good ingredients in this. So if you have an unhealthy soul today and you know it and you can feel it, 
Jesus is calling and saying, let me help you restuff that thing. Let me help you change your thoughts. Let me help you change what you care about so that then you can act in a way that is good and tasty for the rest of the world. Maybe today it would be good for you to reflect on these few questions. What are, the, what are the thoughts that are really dominating you right now? What are you thinking about? What are the thoughts that guide your life? What are the two or three things you care about most right now? And finally, what are the actions that have come out of your heart in the last month or so that you look at and you go, that's just not healthy? This is a moment where you can ask God, God, I need to renew my ingredients. I need to make this burrito healthy. And you're the one who can help me to do that. He's ready and waiting to do that with his wisdom for you today. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank you for the people who have, who have sat and who have heard this idea and they're looking at their, their burrito, their soul, and they're saying, this is unhealthy and I need to do something about it. Help them to know today, right here and right now, that you demonstrate your love for them by saying, I will help you have a healthier soul. Surrender to my wisdom. Learn from me. Let your brain marinate in something good for a change. And I will bring health to your heart and to your actions. Bless my friends as they think on this. Challenge them this week to chase the wisdom that creates a healthy soul. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.